So we've done gin for Christmas. We've yes. done sparkling for Christmas. Mm-hmm. We've done award-winning wines, Hunter Semillon wines that won Bruce Tyrrell. Uh, now we have to round that out with beer. And we mentioned One Love earlier, but we are going to go to the brewer, Paul Balker. Good morning to you. Morning, guys. How are you doing? Good, mate. Um, so we mentioned, uh, you know, how much beer goes into making wine, right? So um, you're helping <laughs> with a, a lot of different <laughs> Thank versions. Thank you. Yeah? <laughs> um, so, uh, but t- just give us a, just a really quick kind of recap on Brick Lane and, and what you guys are doing and, and, you know, what people should be expecting. So we're... Um we're a brewery based out of Melbourne. Um, we, we commissioned our brewery about three years ago. Uh, it's kind of unique because it's a, it's a very significant size brewery, um, which is it's not so much about size and capacity. It's more about we've got a lot of a lot of kit in there, which means we can do a lot of different things. So the whole mantra of Brick Lane is that it's it's all about inclusivity, and by being about inclusivity, we need to do a beer for for everyone and every occasion. So. Um, I think some of the beers we're going to taste today show a, a bit of a diverse range of what we can do out of Brick Lane. Um, and as I said, we like we like to cover pretty much every occasion. Um, and if, uh, if, if we're talking about Christmas and you look at Christmas Day, there's a lot of occasions within an occasion. So um, hopefully we can um, go through some of the beers and the best times to drink them. Yeah, and um, so, of course, we're, we're spitting in here because that's what you need to do. Um, but uh, so... You do what we've. I came to. A, I was at a tasting that you did the other night, um, and it was really interesting. So there's there's the sidewinder that you do, which is basically low or zero alcohol. It's in that market. Which when you were last on, we talked about how massive that is, and how next year it's going to be like twenty five percent of your production. Is that what I'm remembering? Yeah, it, it is. It's um. It's really. I mean, low and no alcohol isn't new globally. What is new is the styles of low and no that are now being made. So uh, historically, even two, three years ago in Australia, you could pretty much just buy a a lager and often it was a, a zero-out version of the mainstream um, skew. So you know, Heineken Zero Honey, or Carlton yeah, Zero, all, all that stuff. And um, they're really well-made beers. Like, there's a lot of technology that goes into making them. Um, the difference is... Now there's a lot of ind- more independent, I guess, craft-focused breweries popping up with low and no alcohol. And what they're trying to do, and what we're certainly trying to do, is rather than just strip alcohol out, we're trying to pack flavour in. Um, so the Sidewinder, um, which you know we may, may open in a minute, um, is all about giving people layers and layers of flavour rather than uh, compromising a, an existing beer. So we we've actually poured out um the, the the three of them so sidewinder the pale ale which is one one love pale ale and avalanche and they're really quite different in color and and surprisingly the one that's the lowest in alcohol is the darkest in color yeah and there's there's a few reasons for that uh, one is i mean the alcohol and, and the color don't have a, necessarily a direct link um, but what you're trying to do alcohol is you know, you know, from wine, carries flavour. The more alcohol you've got, the more viscous, slippery mouthfeel you have, the more it integrates with the other components of the liquid and the ability to carry flavour throughout the palate. Uh, once you get down to sort of 0.5 or 1%, you don't really have that benefit. So what you need to do is you need to put more 
more things in to, to carry that flavour. And so we sidewinded. There's quite a few tricks in brewing that really allow us to bulk up the palate, and, and that's why it's a darker colour. Um, it's also a, a bit of a perception thing. You know, if, if the liquid has a little bit more colour to it, then you drink with your eyes as well. And mm. I think we've produced a lovely colour, and again, it gives those overtones of having palate weight. Yeah, I think the main thing that I find with the, this sort of beer as a category, as you say, it's changed so much. There's a lot of these little breweries doing great things. This Sidewinder has beautiful mouthfeel. It's got texture. It's really hoppy on the nose. Mm. I'm surprised. I wouldn't If you poured me this beer out blind and told me it was 1.1% later on, I, I would be blown away. It just doesn't mm. taste like that. Yeah, it's, um, it really is pretty amazing. And again, it sort of goes back to the original comment about the brewery because we've got so much technology in there as well as great brewers we're able we're able to do these things and mm. the thing i actually find fascinating about this sidewinder and also our one love pale ale and and, and the avalanche are three really good beers you've lined up actually because they're one percent sort of roughly four percent roughly seven percent and there's a consistent theme that runs through all of them which is kind of fascinating and it shows that you know you don't necessarily need to have alcohol to have a great drinking experience you know it's interesting if you um, you know, hypothetically, if we were tasting it, um, we um, the pale ale seems to be not as it seems lighter than the than the um, sidewinder at one point one compared to four point four. Yeah, and there's there's a few reasons for it, and we deliberately designed the beer that way. So the occasion for pale ale, if you're talking Christmas, it might be before you sit down to lunch, and maybe you're just having a few little. I don't know, little bits of seafood or um, a, yep. little, a little salad with prawns and a bit of mango or mm. something really fresh and light. So we wanted a beer that fits that type of um, food and that type of occasion. So there's some tricks in there. Like we use um, we use flaked wheat, for example, and that allows you to have a really nice, light, but still rounded palate. We also, the pale ale is slightly different to the other two beers in that we have a focus on more of the sort of the citrus and the bright hot flavours rather than pushing into a bit more melony like the other ones do. So pale ale is all about super bright, super fresh, super light palate um, and it's a drink that you can just drink. More um, sessionable, yeah, in summer. Yeah. yeah, it is definitely a session-worthy beer and yep. yeah, it's no secret that this is by far our biggest selling beer and it's, it's completely taken off and it's because it's the... Uh, the, the old mantra, it needs to be good for, for a, a sip, a, a schooner and a, and a slab, basically, a session. So yeah. um, that, that's how we designed this And that, that's the thing with craft beer, isn't it? It's you, you have one, you have two maybe, but then that's about... It can be hard work. Yeah. Yeah, so the the other question then I have, just technically, because I'm a bit of a beer numpty, like I've, I've, I've never made... Well, I've made beer once and it was not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exa- yeah. You get a brewing kit and you think, oh, this is going to be the best thing in the world, and it just didn't turn just out. Wasn't. I'm still cleaning it off <laughs> CDs from the '90s. But look, um, what's the technical difference between a just a regular IPA and a hazy IPA? Like, how do you, how do you make them hazy? Is it about clarifying it? Is it filtering it? What is it? No, and uh, this is a, a topic that could take you know, several weeks, but... In two minutes. In two minutes, really. Um, by, um, generally with our IPAs, so with an IPA, you're trying to get a lot of hops, um, quite a lot of bitterness, um, but still have a, a beer that presents really beautiful and clean in the glass. It may have a little bit of haze, but not too much. Yeah. So what we do with our IPAs is we... We brew them, we put them through a centrifuge, so we, we spin out some of the, 
some of the solids, um, which clarifies it um, a little bit yeah. and cleans it up. We don't we don't filter it. Um, with pick the hazy, and, and the hazy category is interesting because it's sort of um, the way it's morphed. It's not just about appearance, but it has probably, and I'm generalising a little bit, a lot more hops going to it, yeah. um, and you. You want to produce less bitterness, so there's less bittering hops and there's more flavour hops. And what happens um, as you pack the hops in there and the way you build up the malt bill is you're retaining or put it, introducing a lot more proteins into the beer um, and all the proteins and all the additional hopping and reactions that happen bring about this haze in the beer. And rather than trying to um, filter or centrifuge that haze out, you want it to remain in the beer. Yeah. Um, now, there's a lot of challenges with it. Um, not least there's things that tend to happen in hazies like hop creep and other things because of the quantity of hops you use. Um, but also, it's not that easy to keep that haze in the beer for that long either. So yeah, it'll fall out, right? It, it falls out and, you know, you even find people doing tricks, which there's nothing wrong with, but, you know, when you um, palletise all your kegs, you palletise them upside down. So when they get <laughs> into a pub, they get turned back up and, and yeah. the haze comes back. So <laughs> That's um, like rolling your coopers, isn't it, from it, back it, in the day? It, it's exactly the same as rolling yeah. your coopers. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a big category, but, you know, it's one where people are still working through the science of it, to be honest. So then I'm walking into, you know, I work at Dan Murphy's, so I'm walking through the beer aisle, and then I see a North England IPA, right? So what's a NEPA? Talk me through that. Yeah, so a NEPA is um, it's basically the category now is you've got an IPA, which is, you know, high hops, high bitterness, but clear. Yep. Um, you've got a hazy, which is similar, but a hazy, And then a NEPA, um, that's really the same thing, that what people are doing is dropping all the bitterness out. And... What ends up happening um, is because of the hop load is so high and there's no bitterness, um, they end up sort of becoming juicy. And pe- a lot of people use this term uh, of juicy. Um, and you can almost, they almost taste like fruit juice because yeah. you've, some of the characteristics of beer, like that really strong backbone of um, bitterness that comes from um, certain types of hops in parts of the process falls away and you, you end up with this juice bomb. Um, and they can be really interesting, but... Again, if we're talking sessionability, yeah, they're not no. necessarily sessionable. <laughs> mm. yeah, I find it difficult, even just as a wine guy who works in a bottle shop, because there's so many new breweries and so many different styles of beer. I'm working my way through them. Like, I'm giving it a good, <laughs> giving it a good go. But, you know, back in the day, you, you had Cooper's Green and Cooper's Red, and they were your craft beers, right? So, you know, how, do you, how are you working to get cut through in a segment uh, of the industry that's just very saturated? Yeah, it's, well, there's over 500 independent breweries now. Um, but the beauty is the quality of a lot of these breweries just keeps getting better and better. And yep. in, in the past, it may have been that a consumer could go into your Dan Murphy's and look at look at a, a row of beers and go, geez, I'd, um, I'd be interested to try one, but what if I do my money and it's no good? Um, that's not happening as much anymore because the quality is so high. Yep. So what that means is the entire, I guess, independent beer industry is being lifted up, which means it's growing as a percentage yeah. of the beer category. That's good. So just being in the game means if you get it right, your volume's going to grow. But I guess our our approach is we we love those sort of beers in that area of the market, but we also make, a, for example, a beer called Brickline Draft, which is goes up against you know, things like, you know, Goat, BB, Carlton Draft. And yep. We've got a, so a beer called Backyarder. So it's on tap at pubs? Yeah, it's on yep. tap. It's a front, a front bar beer, but yep. it's also in 
um, by, by the Flavin' Dan's for 49 bucks. So it's really accessible price-wise, flavour-wise. And I think what you're seeing more and more is the independent breweries are starting to play, not just in craft, but move across all segments. And that's mm. how they're capturing more volume. Have you been tempted to play in the seltzer category as well? Uh, we, so part of our business is making beer for other people as well. So we have, we've got such a good facility, we open it up to others and we right. do make a few seltzers, but not under our own brand. Oh, okay. um, under licence. Yeah, at, at the moment, we um, there's so many other areas to focus on. We've, we've just released a, a ginger beer that's made with real ginger. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, absolutely oh, really good. that. Yeah. So uh, get on to that one. It's called Sunfetter, and it's it's awesome. We make some sort of fruited sour beers. So we're playing in those sort of they call adjacencies that sit around beer, but yep. not not yep. not in seltzer. I'm not you know uh, overwhelmed by the opportunity around seltzer. <laughs> no, nah, stick with lots, beer. Lots, <laughs> yeah. I see other breweries doing it. That's all. Um, yeah. Apart from which, our brewers don't want to be making seltzer all day, and they're kind of important. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they are important. You don't want them to go anyway. Um, hey, Paul. If we, because we've got only a couple more minutes, so um, for Christmas, what are we needing to think about? Um, Are we chilling beer as children as we can get it on ice and all that? Um, Just, you've got two minutes to kind of whet our appetite about what we should be drinking at Christmas. All right, well, these three beers that I I think you've got in front of you, I would chill them all down Christmas Day, always hot, um, and there's nothing better than pulling a beer out of ice. So um, yeah. I would get them Love as it. cold as possible in ice. You compromise a bit of flavour, but it's Christmas and you, you don't care. You just want yep. refreshment. So I'd, I'd be getting up. I'd have the, the sidewinders in ice. I'd be having a few of those as I'm setting up the Weber and starting starting the cooking Stay at sort of 9 a.m. 9, 9 a.m. <laughs> 9.45, <laughs> I think we just 9.45. So yeah. Jill was starting at 11. You started at 10.45. Now Paul's brought us into yes. 10 o'clock. Right, <laughs> good. Right, eh? <laughs> sidewinders then. Then um, before I sat down for lunch, I'd probably have a, a bit of a, a one-life pale ale to freshen up. Yep. Over lunch, it's you know tra- tradition. We'll drink some bloody nice wines, pull out some nice old aged Rieslings. Um, we always do a sparkling Shiraz, quality Australian, oh, yeah. um, and usually a uh, usually a Cabernet Shiraz with the main meal, even though it's sinking hot. But that's that's what you do. Um, and then for the after after lunch, I'd be sitting out on the deck, and then I'd probably reach for the Avalanche uh, Hazy IPA because. You don't need any food with it. It's full of flavour. Um, it's a beer, so it's a bit refreshing and uh, it packs a punch in the alcohol and you don't want to be doing that too early in your day. Are you drinking that straight out of the can? I would be. On, on Christmas Day, I'd just be uh, out of the ice, out of the can. Yeah, um, less, less washing get, up. Yeah, that's all good. Well, I love drinking out of the can. You don't get fancy about it. You pour it in a lovely glass, but on Christmas Day, you just want to you just want to reach for something and keep it easy. Happy yeah. days. That's awesome. Um, mate, Thank you, Paul. We will talk to you lots next year, I'm sure, because uh, there's so much going on with you guys. So, Merry Christmas, hey, and thank you for coming on our last show. And um, and, and well done, <laughs> lovely beers. Yeah, great. Beers. Yeah, cheers, 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 Richard. And, um, and Sidewinder, it's got a job yeah. to do. Yeah? It's a cracker. It's, uh, it's, really, it's when you've had lots of wines and you just yeah. need to freshen up. There's your one percent. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, very good. Well done, Paul. That's it. Cheers, guys. Thank, thank you, mate. Christmas. See ya. Okay. Bye.